What's up, everybody? This is the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the recovering addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. Hello, hello. All right, I'm gonna just start us out with a fan favorite. And this one is from It's a Beautiful Mess. And it says, an addict, the betrayed, and an expert. Best combination for a podcast. This podcast is an awesome first step for the newly discovered addicts and the betrayed. Even great for people who just want to dig a little deeper by focusing on important stuff. Knowledge is power. Amen to that. Uh, healing happens to the ber- for the betrayed and working recovery for the addict as you learn and implement tools. Listen to your gut. Become vulnerable. Reach out for help. Seek healthy connection and practice courage to do hard stuff. I've been on this journey with my spouse for what seems like a lifetime now, and there's hope and so much inspiration for others when we own and share our own stories. Thank you for being brave and courageous. This new endeavor, so much. I am going to start stalking Brandon now. I am adding you to my resource list. Good addiction and trauma therapists are hard to find, so I'm excited to hear more. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. That's and awesome. stock away. Brandon is <laughs> yeah. pretty awesome. And I saw Brandon. Don't stock too much. <laughs> you started your own Facebook page. I liked it. Yeah. Awesome. So there That's you awesome. Go. Cool. All right. Let's jump into the danger zone. So a highway to the danger zone. I know. I can, for us. I can so, only think right. of the 80s songs. <laughs> Kenny Loggins. Can we start dancing? We can thank you. Is that Kenny Loggins? Totally. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I would never. I, I thought. believe that it's Kenny Loggins. I just yeah. think like Return to Pooh Corner when I think Kenny Loggins. So. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Google it. Yeah, <laughs> but we're the same age. Um, I should know what that is. Yeah, yeah, it's a great song. But that's funny. Anyways, um, so we're talking about uh, what danger zones are, mm. common danger zones, um, and what to do about them, and how to deal with danger zones. So, you know, first off, you know, we talk about triggers. Anything can be triggering to to somebody. So danger zones can be somewhat unique, but there are some common ones that come up a lot. And so first off, let's define danger zone, both for the betrayed, both for the person struggling with addiction. Okay. So to you guys, like if you were to define what we're talking about here, what is a danger zone? Go for it, Kobe. Um, So a danger zone for me, looking back historically would be staying up late watching TV. Okay. That was always a big danger zone for me. It would lead to acting out. Um, another one would be being in a hotel room, no matter where it was. Alone or with people. Yeah. Uh, Didn't matter? I Didn't mean, matter. I never. So you're giving examples of places like, like places, danger zones for me. Times, just situations yeah. that lead to relapse. Acting out. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And uh, that, that were historically danger zones for me where that would all act out. Uh, that would all, like acting out would take place. So, um, let's see, airports, mm-hmm. for me, like terminals and so forth, would be big triggers because I would, you know, I, I used to I used to travel internationally and would um, know, you know, which hotels, which airports, which terminals um, sold porn, mm-hmm. you know, in magazine stands and so forth. And I, was looking I didn't know this oh part of Kobe. Yeah. Like, I, I, I just knew, depending on where I was, if I was, anyways, I, I just knew that... Um, like airports were really challenging danger zones for me. So um, those are historic. I guess when Ashland, when I was home alone, yeah. if you were gone, or 
Yeah, those are those. That's an example of some social media. I would probably add that. Yeah, to for yours. sure. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Good. What about for you, Ashlyn? Like- uh, for me, I think mine plays more into my spike narrative. Okay. And that takes over for me. We explain that just a little bit. Yes. We've got a few questions from people like, what, what the, the heck, heck is, is that? that? We actually did an entire episode on mm-hmm. the spike narrative. Um, so go back and listen to that. But I will give you a quick narrative. So it's basically everyone has it. It's not just for recovery. Um, this is, it's the left side of your brain. Some people call it lefty. You can name it whatever you want. Um, what was my, my gal in this week's group said? It's the itty bitty. It's swear word committee. I'm not going to say it, so we won't be explicit here, but um, (laughs) crappy committee, you know. (laughs) But basically, it's that voice in your head that tells us stories. It makes them up. It makes mounds out of molehills. It shames us. It makes us feel like we're not enough, that we're not doing a great job, um, that things are terrible and they're never going to work out, that type of thing. So for me, a danger zone to get into that spike narrative is when, when I leave town, when I'm alone uh-huh. and when I have to, when I not have to, when I go to that place of like, what's he doing? What's he going to do? Right. Uh, how's he going to do without me there? Uh, that can absolutely be a danger zone for me because I can, I start reacting completely outside of me and it takes me into that crazy zone. Um, right. So for the betrayed, it's a, the danger zone that triggers you into um, the spike narrative um, the fear cycle. Yes. Um, just just decompensating into kind of obsessing and getting compulsive over, over like, just wondering whether or not you're safe in your relationship, whether or For not sure. he's acting out, right? Yeah, and it can show up like um, he leaves his phone out on the counter. I'm going to go and check it. Right. Right? Something right. like that. that yeah, can, so that, that's, the a- that's the compulsion, the, yeah. the acting out once you're... Once you're in that fear cycle, right? Right. So, but the danger zones that get you there are things like, and you guys mentioned some, some really common ones, uh, being home alone, a common one, right? Now, why is that a common danger zone? Because no one knows what we're doing. Yeah, it's anonymousness, right? <laughs> and, and it's crazy. It's, it's the, the way the, the addict mind thinks. Um, you know, he can act out. You know, a hundred times every time his wife goes out of town. And so his wife going out of town, all she knows, like, okay, like, this is probably going to happen. But he's there alone that night in that moment thinking, I'm alone. I can get away with this. What's the first thing she's going to do when she comes home? Hey, did you act out, right? Did something happen? Um, so really, he's not – I mean, he, he goes into that denial thinking, I have this space so that I can relapse. And mm-hmm. really that space – doesn't exist. Right. No, that that's totally that's totally me. It, that's historically though, it was in it was in reverse where I would be gone and you would be wondering like, okay, when's it happening? And even even upon returning home, I'm sure there were times where you're like, okay, when's it going to come out? That right, waiting for that conversation. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. pins and needles, and it was just really icy. Or he would just text me while he was there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sorry, I'm busy, but by the way, and, <laughs> and, and so I, but I want to point out also there's something that actually. When you were talking, Ashlyn, about the spike narrative really bubbling up in certain environments and situations, really talking about just the shame narrative, I will say that there are also some other indirect danger zones that perpetuate shame for, for, for me as well. Meaning I can just think back to being, uh, being at work and being really overwhelmed with projects, okay? Being in meetings where um, had individuals that I didn't get along with or didn't like that I had to interact with that were 
you know, the jump on the table, be, let me beat my chest in front of everybody kind of a thing uh, that made me feel that where I felt small, right? So I would be in those situations, I'd be in situations where I didn't have any control over outcomes, and those perpetuated shame for me, feelings of inadequacy, feelings of just, I can't do this, I'm not good enough to affect the outcome. And that would be like the catalyst to yeah, there's your acting trigger. out. Right. That, that's, that's, my, that's, that's my shame narrative, right, that Spike perpetuates that would lead to the catalyst of acting out, especially when I was on the road. Right. Or especially when national was So gone. these danger zones are places where, or situations, I should say, totally. not just places, where there's either intense triggers mm-hmm. or a lot of triggers, yeah. right? Like if you were to, like Kobe, tell me, if you were to go to a Vegas strip club, mm-hmm. danger zone? <laughs> nah. Probably. No, not at all, <laughs> right? I mean, the strip club, the public library, kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> no big deal. Right, it's pretty obvious. You yeah, go into totally. a strip club, you're in Las Vegas, it's like trigger everywhere, uh-huh. right? Um, you wouldn't think about work, you know, like, oh, I have a meeting with my boss today, it's a danger zone because... I fit the spike narrative comes up. I feel a lot, a lot of shame. I feel a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to cope with that shame and that stress. Totally. And I end up acting out, right? Yeah. yeah. So danger zones can be times of day. Um, they can, be, so it can be places. It can be times of day. Yeah. You know, like you know, I think of, you say times of day. Like when you're at work, I remember learning this from my social media uh, business marketing. Okay, people get bored. They get stressed and overwhelmed about 3 p.m. Yeah. Especially on Fridays. They just check out at work yeah. and they need to numb. And so that, I, to me, is like danger zone. Around 3 p.m., I know I'm going to jump on Facebook and I'm just going to cruise. Scroll. <laughs> exactly. Yep. There's a danger zone to just, just escape and numb out. Friday afternoon, you've been through a long, difficult week of work. It's a danger zone. Yeah. So I, I would say also the danger zone for, for me, just thinking about this too, keep talking about and this isn't always about me. This isn't a Toby Keith like real life thing. Let's talk about me. Oh. But but when when you would be in, in in shame, then that would be a danger zone for me because I would immediately. I'm so I, I was I'm so codependent. Good, good that point. I would go to shame. A as danger well. zone is when your partner is struggling. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes yeah. both ways yeah. for sure. Yeah. And and I think that's just an important one to note because um, that really is revealed behind my my own codependence and yes. I've. I still struggle with that, and I still account for that when I check in every night if I felt the pull of codependence or if I actually gave into it. And But I know historically, without question, like the danger zone of shame with us, if I felt that from you, Ashlyn, then I know for sure that I, I went there. And, and that wouldn't always mean that I would act out when I was in shame, for sure, especially if I was at home. But what that would mean is... is is that was it, um, it built the resentment? Yeah. It built totally. These, so, and th- this, leads, would be this leads to a bunch. Like totally. a, a danger zone is a big fight with your spouse, right? Mm-hmm. A danger zone is if if you get rejected sexually, right? Mm-hmm. A danger zone is uh, if 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 they just have a hard day and it has nothing to do with you, yeah. can be a danger zone. If you're really codependent in that relationship. Yeah lead to relapse because there's so many emotions there every one of mine just now (laughs) (laughs) that's Um, the truth yeah so let me just give some other just ones that i hear all the time Mm -hmm. um finals week oh yeah it's a common Uh, uh, sure it's relapse heaven (laughs) and just goes crazy (laughs) totally um 
Thanksgiving, Christmas, holidays. Um, any holiday is a danger zone because there's a lot of free time. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of you're dealing with a lot of family issues. Oh, man. The family um, thing. And like Thanksgiving and Christmas, they're all about like self-indulgence and satiation. And so it plays right into acting out. Um, so holidays, uh, finals. Uh, the other thing is any kind of travel. Travel seems, oh, yeah. it, you know, it seems that for some reason the addict mind thinks, oh, if I'm gone, then I can take a break from recovery. Or she's and, gone. Or she's gone. Yeah, if she leaves or if you leave. And it's it's interesting when we bring up danger zones, one of the first things you brought up was traveling. Totally. Right. But I think there's a distinction that I want to want to share from my own personal experience on this is there's a – because you said it, I think, specifically, which, which defines the distinction. And that is I'm traveling so I can take a break from recovery. Right. Versus I'm traveling. Now I'm really going to act out. Oh, interesting. Okay, so there's because there's a difference between yeah, the two, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because if I'm like, if I'm trying to work my twelve steps, or if I'm like working going? active recovery, but but I but but I want to just like I'm on vacation, so I don't want to think about recovery, dailies, boundaries, etc. I'll be mindful of some really big ones, but I just don't want to stay plugged into the things that are going to keep me in a healthy spot or keep wind in my sails. So so thing. so you know what you know what a man in recovery would actually think is. I'm traveling, so then good. Step I get to amp up my recovery. <laughs> That's exactly right? how Kobe phrases it yeah. to pe- to people he mentors. Is because I think we all go into that vacation mode. Even as couples in recovery, yeah. we're going on vacation, and so we don't have time to work out, or we don't have time to listen to right. a devotional or something. And it's like actually, that's the time you need it most, right? Because you're not in your routine. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you maintain some routine by working your recovery. And so. I would also, I would also. Um, actually push back on one word that you used here. This is just for me. This is, I can only say this for me. Mm-hmm. So, so vacation for me doesn't mean amping up. I, I don't, because I, I don't, I don't want to amp up. Like for me, what's worked really well for me, I can just speak for me. What's worked really well for me is being really consistent. And that's different from being perfect, but being really consistent at my dailies. So when I go on, when I go on holiday, it's not a time for me to amp up. But what that really means for me is is I'm going to be really consistent with what I've been doing because it's been working. But because I'm out of my normal environment, I don't have to worry so much about work. Right. And I don't have to carry the same stresses that, that accompany like day-to-day life. And I don't have to worry about as much of a rigorous schedule. What that means is, is that now there's an opportunity for me to, um, to have more wind in my cells. I can have more quality, a, a, a more quality 10-minute spiritual devotional or a cooler... Uh, like for instance, when Ashley and I went last year to Europe, we worked out in Norway on our friend's back deck, and the, it overlooked it was this lake. <laughs> and and guess what? That workout was the same thirty minutes that we spent any other time. So I didn't do any more. I didn't amp it up. But because I was without the stress of normal life, then there's fewer obstacles in the way of me relieving stress and relieving emotions and, 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 and it produces more mental focus and mental clarity. So I totally, I totally agree with you. And, and when, when I mean amp up, I mean amp up recovery, which is 
I, I don't mean amp up the shame and the fear. Or the or, amount or, of work or doing more. While you're on vacation because you're freaking out. I don't mean that. Okay, okay, I, mean, that, okay, I see what you I mean. I mean you amp up your, your... Focus, maybe? Well, you amp up your, your mindfulness. Yeah. And you, yeah. you basically amp up your surrender. You, you amp up your, okay. your your letting go and, and letting your recovery take its place. But mm-hmm. but you're still willing to work that recovery, totally. right? So I, I love your example of exercising and just you're doing the same thing, but you're really kind of feeling it on vacation, yeah. right? Yeah. As, oppo- kind of as opposed to the mindset of, oh, I'm on vacation, so now I... Don't have to do those things. Well, and it's not about do. It's, I don't have to think about my recovery. I can now go... Just do whatever I want because I'm on vacation. That's that's not that's that's not recovery yeah. at all. Well, so. and I'll tell you what, we didn't travel a lot in the beginnings of our recovery. We traveled some, but mm. um, as we mentor people who are in recovery now, who travel frequently, it's always interesting to hear a feedback from the weeks that they do really well and stay consistent while on vacation or mm-hmm. working travel. And the weeks they don't. Yeah. It's like this immediate disconnect. And they yeah. may not relapse, but they come home and it's like tension. It's that denial that just right. sets in once they yeah. leave. Yeah, to I escape. think the environment of holiday, I think, can be so conducive to connecting with self and to connecting with emotions and to connecting with partner. And it can also be an environment where um, special insights with the spiritual devotional, with journaling. I mean, I'm, th- I'm racing through my head thinking of like all of the sunrises and sunsets that I observed on a plane while traveling and I, I wasn't in recovery when that happened, but I can imagine like if I was journaling in a plane in a window seat while watching the sun rise, how cool right. of a moment would that be right. to put anyway? So I don't mean to, 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 to beat this dead horse, but I just think there's so many great opportunities that, that lie within working recovery, being very intentional with it while on vacation. Right. Okay, a couple other danger zones. Mm-hmm. Um, just big life change. So, oh my gosh, like yeah. moving, like moving. <laughs> we right? just moved last yeah. week. That would be considered having a, big a baby. Life yeah. yeah, having a baby. Um, just getting a new job. Things shifting. Things changing. Maybe maybe there's a death in the family, and you have to adjust to that. And uh, just something that shifts drastically. And the reason why that's a danger zone is because there's a ton of triggers there. There's a ton right. of emotional triggers. Maybe maybe there's happy emotions yeah. and good emotions. Maybe there's sad ones, but there's just a lot of a lot of energy going on, a lot of triggers going on. So that that can be a danger zone. And as well. honestly, that's one thing I hear a lot of is like, <laughs> how could my spouse do this when it was like this big event, right? Like that happened to us when we were going through a lot of trauma with our girls. Mm. That's when Kobe was at his worst. That's when I shut down. Like and, really shut down. And it is like when I, if I look back at it with Spike's narrative of like, how could he, right? Of just no empathy, no understanding, no education. It's very like, what a jerk. Look I, what you you're know, doing. I've heard yeah. stories of, you know, of a guy leaving the hospital from his wife having a baby and going straight to the strip club. Right. It's yeah. um, it's overwhelming. Yeah. The responsibility, all of the things, right? And right. so and, and really sense. you take it a doesn't step make back it okay. and it's like, how <laughs> could he? Really? That's horrible, yeah. right? It is awful. And it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't but make it, it okay. It does make sense of the senseless. Yes. And, That's a good and, point and actually. The way that I kind of reconcile that myself cuz I was that guy. I, like like I was that. I was that guy. But but if you if you think about this when I was a kid, when I was seven, and I was first exposed to porn, and then my brain began to change, then my emotional maturation stopped. Right. 
and and moreover, I began to numb the the easy and the challenging emotions that I felt. And if I began to feel anything, then it was like I got to go numb, no matter what it was. And so, if you look at in terms of that, even though I'm a um, I don't know thirty six year old husband who's been married for how many years, and my daughter is you know daughters are four and, and two and experienced this abuse, it's like well, no wonder that's what happened because. I was still an emotional adolescent. Right. And totally unskilled. Right. That doesn't justify it. I want to be really, really clear because my actions were just devastating across the board for sure. However, if you ever like, how could that happen? I'm just going to give you my, my personal view as to how that could happen. Well, this is one of the reasons. So, so like factors, I have clients where he, he legitimately does act out every time she goes out of town. Right, mm-hmm. and we could we could step back and say, and, and if you guys knew his full history, you'd say, "Oh, I get it. I see why he does that." Mm-hmm. Right? Um, even his wife, uh, I get it. I see why he does that. But at the same time, she's like, "But I'm not okay with that. <laughs> right. like, it's breaking my boundary." Let's stop this. Totally. Right? And and so we can empathize. We can understand. We can see why this danger zone is difficult for yeah. him. At the same time, we believe in recovery, and we know that. Just because you you come across difficult situations and scenarios, it does not mean you have to indulge in your addiction. Right. Because sure. recovery is real, right? It totally is. And so, so yeah, we it's can like, empathize as to why, but it doesn't doesn't excuse it. Yeah, and it is possible to change. Yeah. Right, Brandon always says it. If you want to change, you got to stop doing what you're <laughs> doing. It's not working, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so on Patreon, we're gonna. Um, today we just talked about what the danger zones are mm-hmm. over there. We're going to actually get into specific tools mm-hmm. and things you can use to, to combat this, to yeah. overcome this, to, for, for both, um, the, the addict to feel safe and the spouse, uh, the, the wife to feel safe as well. Yeah. Um, not living in anxiety, right? Not living in anxiety and fear. You can take on finals week, Thanksgiving, travel, um, late nights, Family, alone on the TV, travel, whatever. For sure. Um, you can take that on. There's tools that can get you through. Um, so that's what we're going to break yeah. down on Patreon. And I think it's important to note here that the, that Ashley and I have developed um, safety measures and we have developed boundaries um, to help um, to help us deal with these danger zones so that when historically I would be in shame or I would feel really triggered, then the safety measures that we put in place helped prevent those things. But also it helped me to become more aware in those environments and we were able to, to recreate the environments that historically were danger zones into a safe place. Yeah. And we have very specific steps. And, and that's part of the reason why like, we we wanted we realized that not, not you can't interact in a in, in an episode on the podcast, but you can ask questions and you can come back with with feedback or say hey this is what we do what are your thoughts here and that's the whole point of that is to increase interaction right. um, and to give a platform where people can ask questions because it's it's different with everybody right right on, so uh, how we take care of danger zones to join Patreon we have it in the show notes you mm-hmm. can just click on it or click over on our website. And you'll be able to sign up. It's just a monthly ten dollars. It's ten bucks. Yeah, super oh. cheap. <laughs> and it's been really rich interaction with uh, the members who are over there. Uh, and that's awesome. um, because th- they'll come back and comment, and we will respond, and they'll send messages. And and moreover, um, we get messages all the time on Patreon. 
hey, can you put this on the list of questions that you're going to address in your monthly Q&A? We already got Absolutely. a list. Yeah, totally. Yay. Which is cool. Yeah. So, and I will say yeah. this. We've had a few really people cool. ask, um, because iTunes here, you can listen to us and no one knows. It's very anonymous. Patreon can totally. be that as well. Right. Um, there's people on there that it's just their initials. We don't know or who it actually name. is. Totally anonymous. So if you really aren't to the place where you want anyone to know what you're going through, you don't need to be public. This is right. a very private platform for you guys to be safe. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Guys, thanks for being here. Um, if you haven't yet, please subscribe or uh, you know, jump on and leave us a review. Love to have that uh, from you. On thanks, the guys. Thanks See you, guys.